You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network. We're serving you up quick-hitting news and analysis for Green Bay Packers fans. I'm joined by my friend Gil Martin, and my name is J.J. Leahy. Gil's a writer for thesportsdaily.com and Cheesehead TV. And in addition to this podcast, I host the Daily Cheese Green Bay Packers News Update. We're here to talk Packers because we're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Gil, last week at the end of the episode, you and I were going through our score predictions and I said 35-17 to 17 felt about right. The Packers' defense held the Bears down to just 16 points, making the final score a little bit better than what I predicted. 35-16 to 16 is the final score. <laughs> and with that, the Packers wrap up the number one seed. They do not play this week. They get to chill at home. Matt LaFleur said that the team is going to treat this like a normal bye week. And uh, he wants to get his guys all rested up. This week, we have a bunch of playoff games that we are going to be going through. Let me ask you this question. How does it feel to be at the top of the NFC finally? Great to get that buy, to be the only team that gets the buy. It's a good feeling. You know, we came close last year. We were the second seed. And, you know, we've talked about this over the last few weeks, really, how important it is to get some of those warm weather or dome teams to have to play at Lambeau Field in January with the Super Bowl berth on the line. Yeah, one of the things that we want to go over today, and we are going to be looking at all the uh, playoff matchups here that really affect the Packers, is take a look at the different debates we have had over the course of the regular season. You know, every week we do a debate at the end of the episode, and some of the debates um, have gotten to the point where we can actually go back and see how they've aged. And one of the questions that we asked really early on in the season was, who is the biggest threat in the NFC? Now, Gil, your answer was the Seattle Seahawks. You were nervous about going out to play against what at the time was a white-hot offense out in Seattle. I was really nervous about the Saints having home field advantage in the Superdome. And one of the really nice things looking back here is that uh, although either one of these teams could still be a threat on the road if they come to Green Bay, Drew Brees playing in Lambeau in January was not a real advantageous matchup for the Saints. Hey. You get a team in an unfamiliar element on grass is bad enough. You get them out there in, you know, 15, 20 degree weather with a little wind. Let's see what he can do against that Packer defense in the cold. So uh, I I am very happy, regardless of who it is that comes in, to have them coming into Lambeau rather than us having to go on the road. Yeah, and our big boys on defense, they hit hard. And uh, man, (laughs) I'll tell you else who hits hard is uh, A.J. Dillon. (laughs) Man, that guy, is he does not look fun to try and tackle in the cold, in the snow. You saw against Tennessee, man, those players, they were not having fun. I think they came out of the gate ready to play, and they were not prepared for how much the cold was going to hurt. You take a couple of good whacks real early on, and at this point, you're just like, oh, man, I just want to go home. (laughs) I want to take my ball and go home. You can have the win. 40 to 14 is fine by me. Gil, I have some numbers here, and these were put together by uh, a good friend of ours. That would be uh, Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp of the Packernet Podcast. He went through and analyzed over the last couple decades in games that they have played 
in which the temperature was under 32 degrees Fahrenheit. The Rams, uh, since they moved to L.A., are 1-1 one and one in cold weather games. Not a huge sample size. The Saints in the Drew Brees era are 0-4. Oh the Seahawks in the Russell Wilson era are 1-3. and three. Now, I will say he didn't take a look at the Bears or the Washington football team, <laughs> part, probably because he just doesn't respect them. But here, here's the big one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he went back and looked at the entire history of that organization. 0-14 oh, <laughs> in games under uh, 32 degrees. And here, here's the kicker, ready? The Packers in the Aaron Rodgers era in games of 32 degrees or colder, 19-5-1. Talk about home field advantage. My goodness. You know, even without fans in the stands or limited fans in the stands, you just like the idea of being on your home field, staying in your own home, you know, not having to travel. And, especially during COVID. Yeah, especially during COVID. And and just being comfortable with your surroundings, knowing the field a little bit better, where the slippery parts are, having the right cleats for the field. There are a lot of different small advantages that go beyond just the crowd noise. Uh, nobody, nobody wants to come to Green Bay in January. It, even if it's a very slight psychological edge, it is definitely a psychological edge. You're talking about the top contenders. Almost all of them are either dome teams or don't play in this kind of cold weather. You get LA, Tampa Bay, Seattle, uh, New Orleans coming in to Green Bay in January. You got them right where you want them. Not only that, but quite a few of the teams that made it into the playoffs are kind of coasting on some early success in the season and have kind of fallen apart toward the end of the year. The L.A. Rams are now without uh, quarterback Jared Goff because of his broken thumb. He had a thumb surgery. Now, they haven't I think they have not put him on IR, and I think they're leaving the door open for like, OK, maybe by Super Bowl Sunday, he could possibly come back and play. And another example would be the Chicago Bears. You know, they started the season off five and one. That's absolutely why they made it to the playoffs, because over the next eight weeks, if my math is correct. No, over the next 10 weeks, they won three games. <laughs> right after we finished recording the podcast last week, we received word that um, David Bakhtiari, done for the year, uh, torn ACL. So the Packers do have to navigate the postseason without their star left tackle. Arguably the best pass blocking left tackle in football right now all pro, not just pro bowl kind of performer, great in the locker room, popular guy. It will be difficult, but they did a good job against the Bears. The versatility of players like Billy Turner and Elton Jenkins uh, really do help this unit. And the fact that Rick Wagner has played as well as he did, despite playing through injuries a lot of this season, the, the Packers offensive line has really rose to the occasion the last two times the Packers made the Super Bowl they overcame injuries on the offensive line in midseason plug guys in whether it was Bruce Wilkerson in Super Bowl 31 if I recall correctly in 2010 Ken Rutgers was going to be the right tackle they lost him early in the season and again plugged in uh, some rookie named Brian Bulaga I believe and ended up winning <laughs> Uh, the Super Bowl that year. So overcoming injuries on the offensive line seems to be a, 
not a good omen, but something that the last two Packer Super Bowl winning teams have been able to do. Well, let's keep talking about the Chicago Bears because this week they are matched up against the New Orleans Saints, one of the scarier teams in the playoffs. One of the things about the Saints is that they look very different than they did back when we faced them in week three. And that's in large part due to their defense. Their defense has woken up. They were a pretty bad defense back when we faced them, and they have since finally figured it out. They are winning games because of their defense now, which is a, a big difference and really helped a lot when they were missing Drew Brees and had to lean on Taysom Hill. And uh, this past week, the Saints had none of their running backs. They had to convert uh, Packers legend Ty Montgomery back over to running back again and, uh, of course, lean heavily on Taysom Hill. Their defense has come alive. We saw that against uh, the Minnesota Vikings a couple weeks ago and gloriously eliminated them from the postseason. Love to see it. <laughs> what do we know about the Saints and how they match up against the Bears here? Because this, these are two teams that have played each other already this year in a very, very close game. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bears actually match up fairly well against the Saints when you talk about the Bears defense and the Saints offense, because they, uh, you know, have that strong pass rush, although it hasn't been as good. You know, the Bears defense is still good, but it's not right. Yeah. All league elite anymore. And, you know, the whole key is this. The Saints are going to try to get the ball out of Drew Brees' hands really quickly to negate that Chicago pass rush. And, you know, the Bears have very good linebackers. And the question is, can those linebackers slow down uh, the short passing game of the New Orleans Saints? And, you know, it may come down to, you know, the one matchup the Packers took advantage of in the first meeting between the Packers and the Bears was Buster Screen. And, you know, he was not even available last week in the game. If he's back, I could see the Saints maybe possibly picking on him as well. The Saints have very good receiver depth, and that's an area where they were going to try to take advantage of that Bears secondary a little bit. Yeah, I'm looking at the Bears um, injury report right now, and Buster Screen still is not participating. Jalen Johnson has been upgraded to limited for the Wednesday and Thursday practices. Man, they have a lot of people out this week. This is, or I should say limited this week. Um, Allen Robinson uh, did, was downgraded from full participant on Wednesday to did not participate at all on Thursday with a hamstring issue injury. That that's a major, that's huge. That's a bears killer right there. If they don't have Allen Robinson, I don't think this game is even going to be close. The saints have had a early exit from the playoffs the last couple of years. They against NFC North opponents too. Yeah. They, and, and before that from, uh, from the Rams, the, right. the saints, have a, a recent history of not showing up in the big moments. And I don't really love the way that they match up against the Bears. If the Bears are able to get all of their stars, or at least you know the majority of their stars, into the game, uh, you look at... I, I have a couple, a couple guys that if the Bears have playing, really, really swing things in their favor heavily. One is Roquan Smith. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of respect for Roquan as a player. I don't think he's... I don't think he's anywhere near as good as he gets credit for being, but he is much, much better in coverage than Danny Trevathan. And we saw uh, Trevathan getting picked on in the passing game by Aaron Rodgers 
um, heavily. That is something that would be a very it would be a very different story if you got uh, Roquan out there dropping any coverage as opposed to uh, Trevathan. Absolutely. Drew Brees is not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was murdering them with the deep passing attack. Drew Brees has obviously struggled getting the ball downfield over the last couple of years, but since his uh, rib injury earlier this season, he is struggling much worse than he was previously to take any shots down the field deeper than like 10 yards. Everything is really short. It is hurting him a lot to try and throw deep anymore. And you got to know that the Bears defense will know that and be prepared for it. And that gives them an advantage because, look, the Bears defense, their strength is in their front seven. The Saints can't get the ball downfield to take advantage of some of the depth issues in the Chicago secondary. They're going to struggle to move the ball more than they usually do. Alan Kamara is going to be a big question here because he tested positive for COVID, and that's why he missed the Carolina game. The Saints are expecting him to be back for this playoff game. Uh, I don't know if this is a... I have not been able to find any articles saying that it was a false positive or anything, Um, so I'm really not sure why they they think he's going to be back, but they, they do. And here's the interesting thing, and I don't think this moves the needle very much, but it's worth talking about. He is not eligible to come back before game day. That um, that game, which so that's Sunday. If if they were playing on Saturday, he would not be legally allowed to play. Since they're playing right. on Sunday, he can actually come back Sunday, but he cannot be involved in practice. And I I don't think that that makes a big difference here at the end of the season. If this was a you know a week three or four matchup, I would say. You know, he him being kind of rusty and not being able to practice would be a bigger issue. But I think just getting one week off here, if anything, is just going to help him more than if he had played last week. Yeah, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, look, look the, the fact of the matter is this late in the season, everybody's banged up and everybody is sore and everybody nobody is 100 percent healthy if you've been playing football for 16 games in the last 17 weeks. So. Uh, Getting that extra bit of rest really could benefit, you know, a player more than it hurts them as long as they're still in shape and ready to go. So who do you think wins this matchup, Saints or Bears? I have to go with the Saints at home. I don't think it will necessarily be easy. I just don't have enough faith in Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago offense to keep up with Drew Brees and the Saints. It's going to be close for me. You know, the score last time was 26-23 you know, went into overtime. That was a lot earlier in the season. This is before the Bears offense really woke up. I'm probably going to be wrong here, but I just have a gut feeling about the Bears here. And let's be honest, it's <laughs> it's a little more interesting if I disagree with you anyway. So I, I'm, take, <laughs> I'm taking the Bears to win this one. Uh, again, I, I really might be wrong, but I think they're going to surprise some people. Now, if uh, if Roquan can't play, if Buster Screen and Jalen Johnson can't play, especially if Allen Robinson can't play, you know that that changes everything. But if they can have most of their of their uh, star players on the field, I think at the very least this is going to be a very close, uh, sweaty game. Yeah, I could see it being a close game too. I'm looking at something like uh, 27-23 New Orleans. So the Seahawks and Rams are the next matchup. I was expecting the Rams offense to be just terrible without Jared Goff. It really wasn't. John Wolford did a 
he did a pretty okay job. What did you think? I think pretty okay is right about where it was. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't spectacular. The The difference is that the Seattle defense in the last month or so is significantly better than it was in the first six to eight weeks of the yes. season. Yes, but at the same time, their their offense has fallen off. They are putting up some really terrible scores against bad defenses. Uh, with the exception of they hung 40 points on the Jets. But, you know, what do you got? But so could we. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the, the Rams beat the Seahawks the first time they played, 23-16. to 16, And if you watch that game, it was not as close as the final score would indicate. Second time around, Seahawks whipped the Rams 20-9. to 9. I'm going to be honest. I don't like the Rams' odds in this game. No, I don't either. I I just think that losing their quarterback at this time is devastating to them. You know, having uncertainty at that position, you're in a situation where you have to keep pace with Russell Wilson. And yeah, the Seahawks uh, offense has not been as electric as it was earlier in the season. You know, the, the MVP talk around Russell Wilson faded in the last four to six weeks. But you know what? He is still the best quarterback in this game. There's more depth on both sides of the football for Seattle, except maybe that defensive line. You've got to count on Aaron Donald and that L.A. Rams defensive line to really shut things down for the Seattle running game and pressure Russell Wilson. I think it's a little too much to ask. I think Seattle wins this one 24 to 13. So here's something, and I probably should have should have uh, told you this before you gave me your prediction. Uh, Jared Goff has been practicing all week with the Rams. In fact, his game status is listed as questionable. He's been limited Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The Rams are not really that banged up. Now, the Seahawks aren't either, but I mean, I've been going through a lot of injury reports in the last day or so here. The Rams have one of the shortest ones. Uh, they have, uh, linebacker, uh, Micah Kaiser limited with a knee injury. They got, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure what position he plays, but it's an offensive lineman, David Edwards. I haven't heard of him. Do you know if he's, is he a tackle or a guard? I, I'd have to look. He's limited with an ankle injury. Uh, Jared Goff, obviously limited with his thumb. And uh, Cam Akers running back is on the injury report, but uh, full participant, no injury designation. Um, this is one of the he- got to be one of the healthiest teams in the league. I I kind of wonder if they did some sort of voodoo on the 49ers in their division, <laughs> <laughs> transferred all their all their injuries over. Uh, the Seahawks are about as banged up as the Packers or the Bears. They are actually going to be missing quite a few guys especially mm-hmm. at cornerback. So Shaquille Griffin has a hamstring injury. Didn't show up until Thursday uh, on the injury report, but he did not practice. Uh, they have another cornerback. Jason Stanley did not practice all week. If nothing else, they're going to be very thin at cornerback. You're going to have number one, some very tired guys out there who are having to take a lot of reps without getting any relief. And if somebody goes down, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So they got a couple safeties on here. Uh, Demarius Randall and Jamal Adams both 
uh, injured. Jamal Adams is really banged up. Didn't participate at all on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then he was limited on Thursday. You got a lot of did not participates on here. I, I <laughs> with the exception of Jared Goff, advantage Rams when it comes to injury. Mm-hmm. I'm still I'm still taking the Seahawks to win this one, and. I think that uh, it's going to be because the Rams are going to come out looking really flat. I don't think the Seahawks are going to wow anybody. This, to me, reminds me a lot of the Seahawks' win last year against the Eagles when you went into that game just wondering, why did they even let the Eagles come play this game? Because you know the Seahawks, who are not a good team, are still going to win this one. And uh, the the Eagles are, you know, at best, they're going to get some people hurt. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like this matchup at all. No, I, I don't think the Rams have the horses right now on offense without a healthy Jared Goff. And, and, and Goff has been struggling even when he's been in the lineup and healthy. So I got to go with the Seahawks. I just think they're at home and they are the better team. So if we're thinking that uh, most likely the Saints and Seahawks are both going to win their games, that means that the Packers um, in in their first playoff game of the year in the division round are going to face the winner of the Tampa Bay and Washington game. And I got a question for you. Is this game as open and shut as it seems? Or is there something below the surface here? Is there a more competitive matchup? than you think I think it's a little more competitive than we think in some ways uh because the Washington football team has a very good defense and because that whole division is so terrible it gets overlooked a lot of the time but you got uh Young and Sweat the two uh, young stud pass rushers have a a very good chance of getting a little bit of pressure on Tom Brady, keeping him underneath, uh, you know, making those throws shorter. And the Bucs are a team that likes to go downfield. They're going to need to protect Brady. But that being said, uh, if you're talking about the quarterback matchup in this one, I am going with Tom Brady, even at age 43, over Alex Smith. And I think offensively, Tampa Bay is just a superior team to Washington right now. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be closer than you think if you just look at the records of these two teams. But in Tampa, the, the, the uh, excuse me, it's in Washington, but the, the, the Bucks are just the better and deeper team. And I can't imagine Washington putting up more than 17 points in this game. Did you know that the Washington team is 5-1 and one with Alex Smith as a starter this year? Yeah, yeah. You know, in a year when they have had so many issues on offense and Alex Smith himself has actually been the subject of quite a bit of criticism for, you know, his level of play, I would have expected a worse record uh, from him just based on the narrative. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the one thing about Alex Smith, he he's you know, it's hard not to root for him after everything he's been through on a personal level, first of all, with that horrific injury. And second of all, he is efficient. He is Uh, I'll say this in the better sense of the word. He's a game manager and he's not going to make a lot of mistakes and he's going to be efficient and move the chains as best he can. Now, to me, the running game for Washington is is an issue. 
they have some weapons at receiver. I mean, McLaurin to me is a great young receiver who's only going to get better. But boy, it's that Washington, uh, that Tampa Bay front seven and those linebackers. We saw what they did against the Packers way back in week six. Uh, I can really see. You know, Alex Smith is not that mobile, and I could see the Buccaneers defense really giving him a hard time. The Now, Tampa's defense has regressed quite a bit since the beginning of the year. They are winning the games right now solely on the strength of their offense, and Tom Brady is on fire. This is just a phenomenal second half of the season for him, uh, especially, I mean, his PFF, PFF grade, I think, is the second best in the league behind only Aaron Rodgers right now. Uh, Alex Smith, PFF does not like, um, how he's been playing. He's only at a 66, uh, right. right now on the season, which seems about fair when you, you know, consider these half robot right now. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> he's bionic. That's right. He's, he is, uh, as immobile as it gets. I, I will say that it, no ability to scramble around, but as far as, uh, as, uh, his stats go, he's got five, six touchdowns this year. In six games as a starter, he has one touchdown um, in a game that Haskins started. That was uh, New York Giants. So he he has five touchdowns as a starter, and then one when he came in out to to relieve Haskins. Right. I think you're right. I think that that Washington just does not have the offensive firepower. It's basically Terry McLaurin and nobody. And and I think Terry McLaurin is a, a top ten wide receiver in the league for me. He's really really good but it's just not enough i i i don't i think their defense is gonna put the hurt on tom brady i think this is gonna be a low scoring game on both sides but i just don't think washington has what it takes to uh to make it happen i think they'll keep it interesting for a while i i just see tampa bay 23 to 10 let's look at let's look at the uh, playoff bracket here so in, in the afc you got uh first matchup bills and colts who do you take Go go with the Bills. I think so too. I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, Steelers Browns. Don't like either one of these teams right now. I'll go with the Steelers at home, but uh, not with a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, if if anybody has not been keeping up with what's, what's going on with the Browns right now, head coach Kevin Stefanski has COVID. Uh, like six of their players are on the COVID reserve. They're they're missing like everybody. Um. Former Packers quarterback coach uh, Alex Van Pelt. I always have to think and make sure I'm not going to say Scott Van Pelt. Alex <laughs> Van Pelt uh, is going to be calling plays. I just think uh, unless this game gets rescheduled, I don't know that the Browns are going to have enough of their assets available to beat the Steelers. And and they struggled to beat the Steelers last week, even with the Steelers having resting basically all their starters. So... Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm taking the Steelers here, which sucks because I do love the Browns, but, uh, so far we're in agreement bills and Steelers here. What about Titans Ravens? This is to me, the toughest game I'm going with the Titans only because of the style of play that they use the run first kind of an offense. Tannehill to me is underrated, uh, tough to stop Lamar Jackson on the other side with that mediocre Titan defense. You know, this to me is the most evenly matched game. I'm going with Tennessee because I think their style is more conducive to playoff football. I 
agree. This is a really tough one. I don't think the Ravens are really that great of a team, actually. I think I think the Titans are the better team, but you, yeah, you look at the matchup. One of the one of the issues that the Titans have is their linebackers are, and we talked about this when they played the Packers. Their linebackers are not contributing. Some of their inside linebackers, especially, uh, are massive liabilities, and I just don't know how you stop Lamar Jackson um, without good linebackers. Even so. I just I don't have enough faith in the Ravens. Uh, yeah, this is definitely one where the Ravens could pull out a, a, a surprise win, and uh, but I I believe more in the in the Titans. I think they're just a more complete team. I think they have the better offense. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going uh, Titans Ravens. So that would make or I'm going Titans over Ravens. So that would make uh, Titans at Steelers for. The next week. Is that right? No. Titans at uh, Chiefs. Titans at Chiefs right. and then uh, Steelers at Bills. Titans, Chiefs. Who, who do you got? Got to go Chiefs. Too much firepower. I'm going Chiefs as well. Uh, Bills, Steelers. Bills. No question. <laughs> no question. So that leaves the AFC Championship game at uh, Chiefs, Bills. Whew. That's 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 going to be a fun game. I'll tell you what. Who do you got? It is. I, I'm taking Buffalo. I'm Are telling you? you that the defense in Buffalo is stronger than the Kansas City defense. And I think that they get just that turnover at the right time to find a way to win, you know, like 31-28 or something like that. See, I don't think the Chiefs are a great team right now. I think they've been playing really poorly. And they get an easy win the week before against the Steelers. And before that, they essentially have two bye weeks in a row because they rested everybody against the Chargers. I think the Chiefs are going to pull out some of that uh, Patriots magic that we saw for years where, oh, come on, there's all these great teams and they, they benefit from some sort of an easy schedule. And then, you know, when it really matters, then they get white hot. I think the Chiefs are going to win that. I think they're going back to the Super Bowl again this year. Okay. I I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a great game. I, I go with the defense over the offense when the teams are that closely matched. Yeah, and the Chiefs have a, a bad defense. I'll, I'll give you that. In the NFC, so we already kind of gave our predictions for these first matchups. We're, we're pretty much in agreement. Uh, Buccaneers, Seahawks, and then we're kind of split on Saints versus Bears. Let's Let's assume here that the Saints are going to host the Seahawks and the Packers will host Tampa Bay. Who do you got? Mm -hmm. uh, I think the Packers will beat the Bucks at Lambeau. And I, I think that the Saints, who would be the home team, is that correct? It would yeah. be at yep. New Orleans. Yep. I think at home, the Saints beat the Seahawks. I think they annihilate the Seahawks. I think that uh, Seattle has not been playing good teams for a long time. And so I think that, that has covered up what a bad team they are. I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Saints are going to whip on the Seahawks. And I, uh, I'm i getting some Packers-Titans vibes from this uh, Tampa Bay game. You know, everybody goes in so nervous, and then the final score is not close at all. I think Packers and Saints both win these two games convincingly. I, I think the Packers get the job done, and, and it should be one heck of, a, of an NFC championship game. 
So we're looking at a rematch of Super Bowl one then. Uh, yeah, Packers that, that would be. Well, I, I'm saying Packers Bills. Oh yeah, Packers Bills. You're that's saying right. Packers Chiefs. Uh, but you know what? I'll be honest with you. If the Packers are in it, I almost don't care who they have to play. <laughs> I, I actually do. I think the Packers um, are much better built to stop the Chiefs than the Bills. They like Packers Chiefs a lot. I think they win that game at least three out of five times. Bills kind of make me nervous. Um, I whew, That could be a really fun game, though. And I, I tell you what. You know, with the Bills having lost four Super Bowls in a row, and that was a long time ago now, so this would be the, the first time that they have been back in the Super Bowl since well before I was born. That would be a Super Bowl for the ages. Two high-powered offenses, two very, very good, sneaky good defenses. Actually, the Packers, I would say, have the better defense between the two of them. This would be a good Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And yeah, it, that, you know, you would have Rodgers versus Mahomes. Uh, I think that would be if, if the NFL executives wanted the most hype for their buck. That's that's the Super Bowl they would want, followed possibly by Tampa Bay, uh, Kansas City, because it gives you Brady versus Mahomes as you know, as a, your consolation prize. All right, real quick, let's take a look at some of our predictions from the whole year and how some of these aged, because a couple of these have gone kind of interestingly. So first of all, our, our first ever debate was, should the Packers extend Aaron Jones? At the time, Gil, your answer was yes. I said no. How do we think this one is aged? I'm, I'm thinking at this point, after we saw A.J. Dillon's outing against Tennessee, has this kind of changed changed the narrative of, of, of this debate? To me, it changed it in this way. I would still rather have Aaron Jones back. I like him. I think his skill set is perfect for this offense. But the way A.J. Dillon emerged, and again, it's only one game, but it makes re-signing Aaron Jones look, look more like a luxury than a necessity to me. Mm, I'd agree with that. Uh, we predicted the final record for the Packers. I said 13 and three, you said 12 and four. And let me tell you, it was really close in a couple of those games, especially Carolina. But you nailed it. I was I was starting to get nervous that uh, we were going to drop a, an easy one to like the Lions or the Panthers there. <laughs> but uh, sometimes I'm, I'm happy that I lost. This time I'm really happy I won because we don't get the number one seed without a 13 and three record this year. And I'm happy that you won too. Uh, fixing the return game. You said we should bring in a free agent, which we did, Tavon Austin. I said we need to put Jamal Williams out there. And actually, the Packers have tried both with some different levels of success. I'm sitting here wondering if Tavon Austin maybe is overall just a better addition to the offense than he is to special teams. We're seeing uh, Malik Taylor has kind of been handling uh, quite a few returns for the Packers with uh, honestly some better success than Tavon Austin did. And I'm wondering if maybe maybe uh, Malik Taylor at, at returns is the solution that we needed all along. Maybe. I, I think we see Malik Taylor returning kicks and Tavon Austin returning punts. And I have to say I'm not thrilled with either one of those options, to be honest with you. No, but I'm going to lay that on uh, Sean Menenga and the scheme and the blockers, especially one Mr. Oren Burks, as opposed to the guy handling the returns. But I will say my initial answer of Jamal Williams, I like a little bit more now 
since Jamal can pretty effectively be our third string running back behind AJ Dillon. It, it, at the time that I made that suggestion, Jamal was firmly running back number two, and losing him to a freak injury was a much scarier prospect than it is now. So ultimately, I, I think we're all losers here because special teams is still a disaster. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. All right, we got we got one more here. Jordan Love, will he play a game? He did not. He never took a single step. He was he was inactive every single game this year. He uh yep. part of that is because we were wondering if the Chicago game was going to be one where we could rest our starters or not. And ultimately it, it did end up being a must win game. So we didn't really get that question answered because uh, it was moot. It was, it, it, yes, it was a non-factor. Yep. So circumstances killed that one. And we wait till 2021 to see what Jordan Love can do in a preseason game. Gosh, I hope we have a preseason. I was so bummed we missed it this year. I'm looking forward to that so much. I want a, a, a J-Lo jersey. That's what I want. Can you <laughs> uh, can you secret Santa me one of those, please? <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All righty, folks, that's it for today. We'll be right back here next week to talk Packers in the playoffs. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers. And please send us some questions. We love answering questions on this show. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show. And thank you for listening. Until next time, Go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not